to Create Expectations, a very special edition, our year in review. I'm Tom Kennedy, joined by Chris Palumbo and Matt Carvalho. Dan Lozier is stuck drinking eggnog somewhere, so he's going to join us a little bit later. But yes, we are talking about our year in review and our albums of the year. Our final episode of the year, gents. It's hard to believe it is the end of 2022 already. Uh, it's gone by way too fast. Yeah, snuck up real quick. Crazy, crazy stuff. We are, we are talking about everything weird and wonderful that happened in the world of music in 2022. Real quick wrap-up of the year before we get into our albums of the year. A little bit of music news in review. Biggest winner of the year has to be Taylor Swift. Has to be. First artist in be. history to claim all ten, top 10 spots on the Billboard Hot 100. One million plus traditional format album sales in the first week. Huge. That's insane. Was the last time somebody did that? Sales worldwide. Oh, maybe Harry. No, maybe Harry Styles. Oh, I don't think Adele. he hit a million. I, don't I think know. it's been Most, since the 2000s or something I, like that. I was thinking like Shania Twain, but you know that's. Oh yeah, way maybe. Back. Way back. Most stream. Most streamed album in a single day on Spotify. Uh, just one day after the race, already notched the single largest sales week for a vinyl album since 1991. Anyway, T-Swift, biggest winner of the year. Biggest loser of the year. Kanye West. Yep. yep. That is all Big we have time. to say about it. Yep. We, we retract everything we've ever said about him and we will not speak of him again. Absolutely. We might speak of him again. Yeah, we we uh, might in this episode and then after this episode, never again. But there you go. Never again. Yeah. Okay. It'll be uh, if he's getting love roasted. To see. Yeah, if he's getting roasted. Things we love to see this year. Kate Bush back on the billboards. Yes. Thanks That's to hilarious. Netflix and Stranger Things. Killing me. Shania Twain on stage with Harry Styles at Coachella. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Hip-hop. Hip-hop taking center stage at the Super Bowl. Yep. That was epic. That was awesome. Uh, locally, first new record plant opening in Brisbane in oh, about 30 years. That's cool. Very that's cool. That's really cool. And... The thing we most love to see was Chris finally getting the Bun Bun record signed. Yes. <laughs> Shout out, in. Sam Roberts Band. Thank you. And Thank Eric, you for putting Eric, up with Chris. Eric from the Sam Roberts Band putting up with me. Thank you for not kicking him out and calling security. Um, we couldn't have a year in review without talking about some musicians who have left us this year. Uh, we, we obviously can't mention them all, but uh, just a few that were important to us. Betty Davis, the legend... Burke Shelley from Budgie, Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters, obviously massive, shocking news. Uh, recently, Christine McVie yeah. from Fleetwood Mac, um, Coolio, we talked about that one, mm -hmm. and uh, D.H. Pellegrove from Dead Kennedys. That's, you obviously can't, we can't mention everyone, but that's just a few who are off to the great gig in the sky. And... Uh, 2022, Spotify wrapped. Big thing, right? Well, the podcast has a wrapped. It's not just about Chris's Wiggles playlist. Ooh, number one, baby. Top one percent. Top one percent of Wiggles fans worldwide, Thanks. Chris Palumbo. Thanks, Vita. But our Spotify wrapped. Uh, 12 episodes so far. It'll be 13 after this one. 864 minutes, which is more than 83% of podcasts in our category. So I guess that means we talk too much. Yes, maybe, yeah. <laughs> 10 countries, which is cool. I mean, USA, Canada, Australia, we know, but we've had listeners join from... Philippines. Most recently, the Philippines is Whoa. a new one. Yep. Shout out. Shout out to the Philippines. So 10 countries, awesome. And 203% more streams than last year. Oh, good. Which is just epic. So thank you, everyone. Thanks for joining us this year. Really excited to see you again. We'll speak to you again next year. That is the year in review. Now let's jump into our albums of the year. Matt, I'm going to kick things off with you. We're going hip-hop again. Surprise, surprise. Who that we are. It. What so, do you got for us? For me, this one was an easy choice. It really came down to two or three other albums, but this one was by far the most listened to for me, and that's Pusha T's It's Almost Dry. Incredible album, start to finish. Um... Lyrics top notch, storytelling top notch, um, production top notch, and mm. that's really all you need. It was a fantastic album. I don't know how you you guys feel about it, but this was 
by far my favorite album of the year. Um, production was only handled by two people. Um, he who shall not be mentioned again. And, oh, uh, Pharrell Williams. I, I just oh, cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah long sense. time. And, and they've been long time collaborators with Pusha T like Pharrell was, um, was instrumental in breaking the clips, which is where Pusha T originally started. Mm. And then he's been with him basically his entire solo career as well. Um, along with he who shall not be mentioned. And, uh, yeah, I think if you look at him at, um, as an artist, he's really developed from like first, obviously being in the group, but he, as a solo artist, he's grown each time he's dropped an album and just gotten better and better with time. And I do think he's going to be one of those rappers that stands the test of time and will still be relevant in a decade, which isn't easy to do in hip hop. Typically you have, a three to five year lifespan and that's it. But he's just gotten better with age. He's like a fine wine. It just keeps getting better and better. And, and I don't know if you guys have checked his previous album, Daytona. That was yeah. considered like his masterpiece. And I, I actually think he topped it with this album. Um, wow. The big difference is the runtime with his previous album was only, I think 21 or 22 minutes and okay. seven or eight tracks oh. long where this is more like a full LP. Yeah. Okay. So this is this Chris, is, his, is this is his second album. That's actually I think it's his fourth or fifth solo okay. album. So so he's been out for a little while because I don't know much about him at all. So um, he, he started with the clips. It was him and his brother. Like you remember that big song "Grinding." No, I, I love it, Matt, but it's not in my mind. <laughs> okay, it was it was big in the early two thousands. Did you, Chris, what did you think of the lyrics? Because oh, you made okay. a face when Matt talked about the lyrics. Um, I want to say, uh, let's start off with the positives. The um, production and uh, instrumentals on this album are next level. Yeah, the they're ridiculous. The piano and keyboard mixed with like the synthesizer, super cool. Like, There's a couple songs on there, um, uh, Just So You Remember. And oh, I love that song. Dreaming of the Past. There's like oh, this keyboard yes. part. Yeah. And it's just like... And I'm in, and then all of a sudden there's just like this cheesy line thrown in every once in a while, and it just knocks me over. And a couple of times I just burst out laughing. And it was, <laughs> and I'm not sure if it's on purpose. It almost feels like it it's might supposed be. to be on purpose. Well, maybe, yeah, yeah. And it makes you feel like I don't know this kind of this cheesy sense. He's not taking himself too seriously, which at first I, which at first I hated. I, I like that. I can't yeah. take this. And then I listened. I don't know, five or 10 times. And I'm like, tonight we were dancing in the, the living room because I just put it out. I put our whole playlist on random, which I said just probably a bad idea. Super, no, super fun. Oh, it is, but it was super so fun eclectic. because I listened to everything. And nice. then I was hearing the lines not yeah. in order and just randomly. And I was like, this is good. And I was mm -hmm. laughing, but also enjoying, enjoying the songs. Nice. So it finally, it finally hit me that I was like, this is it. Okay, I get it. I'm not sure he's not taking himself too seriously. He's enjoying the music. He's making those rhymes for a reason. Sometimes they're because it made sense to make that rhyme with it. And other times it was like, come on, man, you can do a little better than this. So, uh, well, he's no, he's, he's known for his lyrics. Really? eh? And his storytelling. Yeah. Okay. Storytelling. I get love the stories, yeah. but, uh, the 1-800 song, you, Wasn't your thing? You no, love it. Stuck in oh, my nice. head. I'm glad. Stuck in my head constantly, but I hate. It's a good one. I hate it at the same time. <laughs> on time, like an Amazon truck. <laughs> come, come on. <laughs> but I, I like yeah. that he doesn't take it's, himself me too, too seriously. But, uh, yeah, I like it, but I hate. Uh, it's a love hate. You know, it's a love hate thing. So, like, you know, right now, I really love them though. I think he can do better. There's a, another line in the song I quoted earlier, and it's eluding me right now. Um, and I was dying. Oh, he makes a uh, Akon reference. reference. Yeah. Was dying because I played it for my wife, and I just like waited the whole song for the Akon. And she looked at me, and she just went locked up, and I was like, "Yes!" Yep. Like, 
who doesn't get that reference? Yeah, no right? kidding. Right? But so she was good. like, well, probably like kids won't get that reference. That song's 20 years old or whatever. How old is that? Old insane. It is. It's 20 years old already. So I was like, oh, okay. So mm. he's going, that's, that's a callback. And I didn't realize that. That's just showing my age. But there you go. It says a lot that, Matt, you listen to so much music and so many different genres, but you you came back to hip hop for your yeah. album of the year. It says a lot about how yeah, good the album is. And this this came out near the beginning of 2020 as well. Or sorry, 2022. Oh, wow. And it's, so has it been sitting kind of at the top of your list Basically, for the whole year? Basically, like I'm pretty sure this came out in February of, of this year, February or March, one of the two. And basically since it's come out, I don't go a few days without listening to it. Wow. It's okay. so good. Oh, wow. I remember it coming out and you're like, listen nice. to this. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Put on like one song <laughs> and and then never went back until until this. But I, I get it. I get it. That's fair. Okay. So what? So that's your album of the year. What about your two... Uh, this is a this is a podcast for record collectors, so we can't talk about... We can't do an episode without talking about some vinyl oh. purchases. I think last year we did one contemporary and yeah. one vintage. So, uh, yeah, I know it's hard for you because, what, like 3,000 <laughs> albums a month arrive yeah, at your door? It, like an Amazon truck of <laughs> albums. Um, but uh, what have you got for us, vintage and contemporary purchase so of the vintage, year? Vintage, not too hard, actually. I'm going with Yuri Heap. Um, oh, even more. Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, Demons and Wizards. The title was escaping me for a second. Um, oh I, man, it's so yeah, good. I picked that up in the summer, Tom. Um, and I picked it up for like 15 bucks when I found it. I was so happy. I was so pumped. Wow. Um, so that's my vintage pickup for the year. And my favorite contemporary. <sighs> this is tough. This one's a little bit tougher because most of what I've picked up this year is newer. Um, I, mm. There's a lot yeah. to pick from. So did you did you get push your key on? I vinyl? did, yes. Yeah. Oh, then there you go. That's your answer. It's between that and Taylor Swift's new record would be the, the oh, okay. two. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. And actually, Tom, it, it's funny. So um I know your wife went out and picked up every variant of uh yeah. I know. <laughs> I've created a monster. Yep. Um, I think my wife's now getting into it as well because I was like, oh, yes. I oh, got no. two of the different versions. She's like, well, how many are there? I was, and I was like, there's four. She's like, well, have you got the other two yet? I, or do you have them ordered? I was like, no, not yet. She's like, well, why don't you order them then? Yes. So I was like, she's enabling Oh, you. man. <laughs> Shout out to Lauren. Yeah, Shout time. out to Lauren. There you go. Oh, yeah. that's so good. Yeah, no. My wife is very excited when they finally arrived. It is cool. I, I, I don't want to make a habit of buying mm -hmm. every variant because that would be a deep dark yep, rabbit hole 100%. but it is uh, it is cool that that they did something unique to vinyl mm -hmm. for that release it, it's also kind of cool they had the the reach to do that yeah, no kidding. because of the sh the shortage and the the yeah. time but again they knew they were going to sell she could invest the money there yeah. was there there wasn't a, a worry about her not selling yeah. out right where regular well, that, punk bands can't do that or mm -hmm. regular bands in general can't do that it's interesting. That's why this um, suitcase records has opened in Brisbane because there's such a a backlog for pressing plants that independent artists can't really get their stuff released. So these guys are doing. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I haven't tracked every album that they've released, but they're doing heaps of local Brisbane bands nice. pressing their albums. Nice. Um, I've picked up a couple. I've, I've picked up two for, that were pressed they by them. They sound good. Um, yeah, they sound nice. good. They're packaged well. Like, yeah, they're doing a good job. It's pretty crazy to think a new vinyl plant opening. Yeah, it's in 2022. It's yeah. There's one in Burlington down the road from me. Um, there's there's a there's a bunch kind of in the area. Uh, what I'm running into issues lately isn't the vinyl that's cheaping out. It's the packaging. Yep. So you used, right. you used to get like a gatefold and like a poster, but now you're literally getting. It doesn't even feel like cardboard. Yeah. It's like less than a cereal. Yeah, box. it's awful. Oh, yeah, that's interesting because a lot of the new ones I've been getting are um, gatefold oh. and in come in I'll sh one of the albums I'll present come in like instead of a plastic sleeve, they come in a cardboard sleeve. Oh, that's cool. 
It's really cool. Nice. Like I, f- I feel like in North America we're doing the uh, the opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Okay. I picked up all the Born Ruffian albums. They released three in the last like two years, and each album it feels like got not the actual the actual record is 120 grams or whatever the like mm. the high end record. 180, yeah. 180. Sorry, 180. And it it feels nice. It plays nice. It's clean. But then the packaging, each album, gets worse. Oh, and I was a little ah. disappointed in that. Yeah, it's cheaper. Yeah, yeah, a little cheaper. I wonder why uh, that is. And I don't know. And I don't think that's the band's necessarily the band's fault, but it's definitely the yeah. the production company's fault for they're overworked <laughs> and trying to push out as fast as they can, right? Churn. Whatever they can. Yeah. So there we go. That's something I've noticed. Nice, Matt. Anything else on Pusha T? Uh, that's that's basically it for me. That's uh, all I kind of wanted to mention about the album. Um, my choice as song for the album to kind of pull people in would be uh, Dreaming of the mm-hmm. Past. I love that song. It's my favorite song on the record. I only see top me. Award shows, the only way you bitches can rob me. It's level, this layers, so pray for the players. Clip him, baby, if he flinch at the price of Bottega. Uh, I got plenty. It's so many, yeah. They say give me. He got plenty, yeah. Bruh. Nice. Big fan. Awesome. I, I also, I think it was Dreaming of the Past. It, what sucked me in was it reminded me of Common a little yeah. bit. And I was going to ask you, is there a connection? Yeah. Is there like some of the instrumentals and some of the breakdowns? Just the like, production, man. Reminded me that it's yeah, same it producer. That, the Common B. That's what I was yeah. going to ask. What's the yeah. connection? Same producer. I got Common yeah. vibes yeah. as well. Common yeah. B. There's By a, the way, yeah. That, yeah, B, man, I still listen to that album All the time. so often. That's one of my favorite oh, hip hop so albums good. of all time. It's just a, it's an uh-huh. instant classic. It's, awesome. It's still heavily played. Thanks, Matt. Perfect. We uh, we've actually got a little collab for this episode. We've been uh, chatting back and forth with an, uh, other fellow music podcasters, the Album Nerds. Uh, we sent them some of our favorite Christmas music recommendations, which they're going to put into one of their upcoming episodes, and they've actually sent us their albums of the year as well. So. We've got uh, this three album nerds joining us um, for the pod, so we're going to just uh, splice them in between our albums of the year. So why don't we hear from the dude from Album Nerds Podcast? Hey, guys. This is Dude from the Album Nerds Podcast. My album of the year for 2022 is not a metal or country album, which is shocking. I have to go with The Tipping Point by Tears for Fears. Wait a second, isn't Tears for Fears an 80s band? Well, yeah, they are. They had great success with hits like Everybody Wants to Rule the World, Head Over Heels, The Seeds of Love, and many others. They're back in 2022 with their first album in 17 years. Kurt Smith and Roland Orzabal rekindled their friendship and recaptured the magic of their heyday with this album. The Tipping Point strikes a perfect balance between Tears for Fears' past and its present, recalling the depth and emotional force of the group's previous triumphs with tracks like The Tipping Point, Break the Man, Rivers of Mercy, and stay make sure to check out the album nerds podcast for our best of the year show for more details and discussion on this album and other greats from 2022 and thank you create expectations for including us in your album of the year episode i had no right. idea i had no idea i had no idea tears for fears were back no, I didn't yeah me neither. neither this is i had no idea when i saw that I, I i saw the pre-order go up i was like oh this must be a really issue of a popular album of theirs yeah I, so I thought we were I mean, up and like up with new music. I guess I guess we're not. It's weird too because like fashion wise, the '90s are back, but music wise, the '80s are yeah, back. Yeah, big time. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Even look at last year. Like one of the big records, uh, War on Drugs, that had a really uh, '80s vibe to it, right? Yeah. Uh, John Mayer did the same thing. I feel like a lot of T- things are kind of heading Taylor back. Taylor Swift. Yeah. Did John Mayer did that kind of moody scene? Yeah. Did John Mayer do it though? I thought we we established that. You guys don't feel like he did. I thought he did a decent job. I I like that record. Uh, Awesome. Well, so that's uh, Album Nerd, the dude's pick of the year. Tears for Fears, who knew? Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll send it on to Bev. Bev's a huge Tears for Fear fan. That's awesome. Well, gents, uh, I think I probably telegraphed this from pretty early on. I don't think I stopped talking about these guys. We're sending <laughs> but, information uh, about those guys. Yeah. I know. <laughs> just like it's like I was their uh their publicist just peppering you guys <laughs> with the info about them. But my album of the year, King Stingray's self-titled debut. These guys are they call themselves Yolmu Surf Rock. Yolmu is the language group from 
northeast Arnhem Land, where they are up in regional, regional Australia, uh, really remote. These guys are this. <sighs> For me, this album, I went on, I tried not to overthink it. I went on emotion, something that I I listened to a lot and just genuinely had a smile on my face whenever I was listening to it. I think, you know, it's a really joyful, uplifting, kind of spirited album. They, um, you know, they're showcasing their culture and their heritage. A lot of it's in in their first language, in Indigenous, their Indigenous first language, you know, I think at least half of it is, mm-hmm. um, and English. But it doesn't really matter that you can't understand the lyrics. It's just almost like another instrument in in the production. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it just, maybe it's like, uh, I don't know, it just made me feel grounded. Like it just kind of felt like I was listening to a really unique Australian Album and I just love that they are doing something so new, unique and kicking ass. Like really, really making. They've had a massive breakout year this year. You know they they won um, uh, they won a, an award at the Arias for uh, you know best new artist. They won nice. Double J's album of the year. Um, they fronted Tourism Australia's new tourism campaign, like international tourism campaign. They're just. You know, they're just doing their thing really, really uniquely and honestly and people are loving it. And, uh, yeah, I had the pleasure of seeing them live this year as well just after this album came oh, out. Nice. And uh, no. they are a real joy. They're just really down-to-earth, humble guys and, you, you know, they're just kind of stoked to be doing what they're doing. Nice. Nice. Like, um, I love the instruments on this album. Mm-hmm. The way everything kind of comes together. I find it kind of flat uh, for like a surf punk album, which is what it was kind of pitch, pitched as, but it doesn't take away from anything. So it wasn't what I expected when I first listened. When mm-hmm. Tom, when you're like, you're going to like this album, check them out, blah, blah, blah. I expected like a surf punk, more upbeat. Um, yeah, and yeah. My, my wife actually hit it on the, the head when we were kind of talking about the album. She's like, no, 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 it's the way they sing is, is flat but it works. Remember, you're listening to a different style of punk. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh. And it took that, like, remove yourself from your idea of what punk music is or pop punk, popular punk music yeah. is. I don't even know if they're punk, are they? I well, think they're just surf, like, surf, just surf rock. Surf rock. I would say Sorry. surf rock more yeah, than anything. Yeah. Sorry, I classify surf rock as a subgenre of punk, but <laughs> let's not get into the <laughs> no, no. subgenre anyway, thing again. Sorry. So anyway, surf. surf I know rock. what you mean, though. Yeah. Like the singing is—it's flat. That's why. That's why it's like it's an instrument, yes. right? And you've got to remember, it, English is not their first language. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when they're singing in English, um, you know, like it's it's probably a bit more difficult, which is why so much of it is in. Their first language, which I actually enjoyed more. Yeah, same. I was going to say, yeah, that. same. The vocalization is, is is an instrument. Yeah. Yes, and that it took me getting over that hump because we think of vocals as telling a story or yeah. Um, when you can't understand the lyrics, it's harder to understand the story. But but in this, yeah, that's why I think it's like it's spiritual almost. Mm-hmm. Yes, you remove you remove your pre pre understanding of the music. There's a better word to say with with that, but you understand you <laughs> you remove your like pre cognitive view of music and you view it more as a, a flat part of or a contemporary part of the, the music and then I was like mm. I really liked it my daughter loved this album nice really yeah yeah she so we put it on again we I've had it on for the last two weeks kind of cycling through and yeah. every time it comes on I'll be doing something and she's like pulling me and going dad dance we're dancing and like oh that's awesome i was like oh interesting and i really i thought that was kind of special nice i think it's got a it's got a real kind of uplifting upbeat like you kind of just want to bomb Mm -hmm. when you're listening to it yeah and that's you know that's what they're like on stage that's what the crowd was like the i'm for me like the didgeridoo is such a unique super cool sound and i you know when it's used well it is just so such an awesome instrument Mm mm-hmm when you saw them live, Tom, did they speak English at all on stage, or was it like they did? Okay, yeah, yeah, they did. The the the. So I should have uh, should have looked up their names before we chatted. <laughs> the, That's okay. the lead singer, um, 
did speak like they all. I think they all speak English, but they. It's just it's not their first okay. language. So um, and and they're still like this was their first national tour. Nice. So you can tell there's some nerves oh. and some kind of they're still finding their feet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in a really kind of just an honest way of just like, hey, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. Like we just want to make people dance and yeah, yeah. I can see it. They tell he told some stories like he you know about the songs like this song is about my brother oh, or nice. this you know this oh, song like is that. about so he gave a bit of context to the songs in between each nice. song. Yeah, that's I, my favorite part about music. It was really cool. It was yeah, a really cool like album. Um, I again, I was kind of caught off guard that a lot of it wasn't in English, but I almost enjoyed it more mm. for that. Because I was like, oh, you know what? This isn't the usual thing I would kind of throw on and partake in. But I, was, I really enjoyed this album. It was really, really good yeah. start to finish. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, I think it's awesome when someone's doing something like they're um, just really authentic mm-hmm. and they're just being who they are and they're just doing what they do and other people appreciate it. 100%. And you and actually it's, really... It's different. That's, I really felt that on this record for sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah. and this is again a reason I like all, most Australian music. I feel that authenticity through through the music, big time. I I feel like the the chats did it. They're authentic to the chats. Yeah, um, they're, they're like we don't give a fuck, and we don't give a fuck if you give fuck. a fuck that we don't give a fuck. Benny, that Benny, that Betty Ray's album is oh, the same so thing. Good. It's, yeah. Oh. Right, yeah. like that was that was on my shortlist. Yeah, it's on. I think it's on everyone's shortlist. Yeah, to be that was honest. that was an album that was what up there for me too. From those I'm actually shocked yeah. my Spotify playlist did, that didn't come up because I feel like I listened to that a stupid amount. I th- this is um the art for this is really cool too. Like they did different album covers. This is one of the songs, Camp Dog. That's that's obviously the Camp Dog on the front, mm-hmm. and then it's a photo of an old busted old couch on the back, and then. The inner sleeve is oh, um, like a portrait of the nice. band, and I think I think I have a lot of coloured vinyl because I yes. started buying. Nice. Oh, it's orange! Albums. Oh, I love it. Yeah, honestly, I think orange yeah, is one of the coolest pressings ever. <laughs> Yo, that that the the pressing in the center is sick. Yeah, yeah, that must look so, cool. Spin it. Can you do a a uh, a TikTok. I'll do a video. A TikTok a of real, it spinning. A t- yeah, okay. Now we're, I'll do a TikTok. Now we're on TikTok. In oh, the new dear. year, if Chris gets yeah. his life together, <laughs> we're we're basically Gen Z influencers. Ugh. Oh Jesus. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, so that's me, King Stingray, self-titled debut, really beautiful, authentic, honest celebration of their roots and their culture. Um, the song I would have to pick is "Get Me Out," um, which is just you know I think that's again that's them just being really honest, like they're from regional Australia. Like they want to get out of the city, they want to get back to their country, they want to get back to their roots, um, and that really speaks to me as someone who grew up in a country town and lives in a city. You know, get me out of the city is uh, is a real catch cry I can get behind. So. This is your- That's my album of the year. Just, yeah, keep kicking ass, King Stingray. Yeah. In terms of... Yeah, what'd you get? What are, what are your other... What are your pickups? Oh, oh boy. Oh. oh, oh my God. I, I forgot I you... far too many. I, I was going to say, rated, Tom, You rated someone's uh, collection. Someone's collection. Yeah. I feel like so let's uh, start with my you've had a lot of pickups this year. Yeah, you paid oh, man. way too much money. I haven't for even pickups. added them to Discogs either. I think you and I might be competing for the amount of pickups this year. Oh, no, I don't, I don't even, know about not that. Even fucking close. <laughs> no, no, I think it might be close. I honestly think it would oh, be. Just, I, I, have, I actually have a couple of pre orders still to arrive nice. as well. <laughs> uh, so this is Pissed Idiots. You love um, these guys. This is too. my contemporary. Yeah. This came out last year. This is good old fashioned Aussie pub rock. This is what I was talking about, Chris. This is oh, the outer sleeve is oh, cardboard. That's cool. that's cool. So instead of instead of shipping it in a plastic outer sleeve, and they do it in a cardboard. Um, this is from Flightless, which is uh, Eric from King Gizzard, his label. Um, he left to kind of run this full time. He left Gizzard to do that. So Flightless pressed this. I somehow managed to get 
they did this uh, yellow. Oh, the piss yellow. Quite a funny yeah. uh, photo of the guys. Nice. But uh, they only pressed five hundred of these. Oh, oh. damn! Wow. And there was there was one left oh, uh, online. So. Um, I somehow managed to get that, even though I was like a, a year late to these guys. Okay. So that was that's my contemporary. My vintage, Dan Lozier ruined the surprise. <laughs> but it was it was my yeah. fault for being silly enough to hey, to do a a, uh, not gonna a lie. secret transaction on a shared Instagram account. Not gonna lie, I was following it the entire time because it popped no. up while I was popped up while I was teaching. And I just saw it. Uh, I think I I'm the like, only one that missed it. And I was like, oh my God, Tom's doing it. Tom's pulling the trigger. He's going to do it. I was dying. And then Lozier posted in the chat and I was losing my oh, mind. Oh man, I was saving it. I was saving it for this episode. I was like, oh, this is going to be so good. I'm going to surprise the guys with this epic record. And then Dan's like, yo, who just bought Let It Be Naked on, on Instagram? He should have known. He knows, he knows it's on me. I'm not paying that much for vinyl. Matt already owns it. Maybe. No, I don't. I, I oh, want to buy no. a copy of this. But it's so, so fucking cool. So this is in near mint nice. condition. It is impeccable. Yeah, well, I bought this from Michael, who we, uh, we featured in an yeah. Introduce Yourself Shout episode. Shout out to Michael. He's got like three, yeah, epic collection, like 3,000 records. For whatever reason, he's decided he doesn't want to collect anymore. And he's selling them, and uh, I knew he'd have. He had. Uh, he's a Beatles guy, so I knew he ha- he'd have a copy. Nice. Of um, it's unbelievable. It sounds so good. I bet. Oh my goodness! It's just ridiculous. It's how many times you spun it so far? Three or four. Oh, nice. nice. Okay. I had to. I waited till I like had a time where I could just sit down and listen to the whole thing, start to finish, and really actively listen. Yeah. yeah. So I had to wait a few weeks till I had time to do that. But yeah. Um, it's so comes with a twenty-page booklet. Oh, comes sick. with a seven-inch single, oh, which oh, is nice. Um, studio. It's actually, I think, a lot of stuff that we would have seen in Get Back, oh, nice. oh, cool. the Peter Jackson documentary. It's that kind of kind of just ambient studio chatter, and um, yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. This is prob- this is definitely my whole my new holy grail. Nice. Oh yeah, very cool. So that's. Reddit went nuts when his collection went up for sale. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I posted it uh, on Reddit to let people know, hey, get in while you can. Again. I also got from him uh, Ben Harper's, Ben Harper and the Innocent Criminals Burn to Shine, which is just such an awesome album. But yeah, that's me for 2022. Nice. Why don't we hear from Don uh, of the Album Nerds, hear what his pick was for 2022 Album of the Year. This is Don from the Album Nerds Podcast. My favorite album of 2022 is Shuffle Mania from English singer-songwriter Robin Hitchcock. This is his 22nd album since his days as frontman of post-punk band The Soft Boys. As always, Hitchcock does not hide his many influencers, including Sid Barrett, Paul McCartney, John Lennon, Nick Lowe, and Bob Dylan, but he adds his own drama, melody, and wit. Hitchcock said of Shuffle Mania, it's embracing the random and dancing with it, even when it needs to clean its teeth. I don't know exactly what that means, but it's a fitting description of this album. It's a wonderful blend of pop, folk, and psychedelic rock, with hints of darkness obscured by strange humor. Some standout cuts are The Feathery Serpent God, Noirer Than Noir, and The Raging Muse. If you've not explored Hitchcock's catalog, this is a great place to start. Again, my pick for the album of the year is Shuffle Mania by Robin Hitchcock. Right. I can honestly say I've never heard of Robin Hitchcock. Um... I thought, again, I thought we were up with new music. I know, right? <laughs> I'm feeling old right now. We clearly suck. Look, we can't. We can't. We can't keep track of everything. That's why we have our listeners. That's why we have our friends and family, people to send us recommendations. Uh, that's why we have the album nerds to do collabs with. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to check that out. Definitely. English singer-songwriter. That, uh, that sounds like it'll be right up my mm-hmm. alley. Added, added to the Spotify playlist right now. Um, we also got a heap of recommendations on Reddit. I won't go through them because it was like, I don't know, 70 recommendations or something I posted on Reddit asking for album of the year recommendations. Nice. So Did I post on that? Uh, I feel like I keep getting tricked to posting on our yeah, own. Yeah, no, I think you did. I think yeah, I yeah. think I get tricked to posting on our own thing because I'm always active but never on our account. And yeah. then I comment and I'm like, click, and I'm like, that's that's us. That's that's and my own account. Our, <laughs> you're just pushing our ratios up, yeah. You're, you're like smelling your own fart. I'm pretty sure I was like, check out Pop. <laughs> check out Pop, guys. It's really cool. Yeah. 
so hey, we were actually so if you want to see that, just check out uh, where you uh, slash create expectations pod on Reddit. We're actually in the t- top one percent of karma on Reddit in twenty twenty two. Beautiful. Yeah, we're f- which is way too much. Yeah. That means we spend way, way too, too much, much time on Reddit. Yeah, exactly. Between Reddit and Instagram, way too much time. Just means we're big nerds. Yeah. Um, all right, Chris, let's go to yours. Let's go. Album of the year 2022. I think Dan is drowning in eggnog. So. Yeah, we haven't actually yeah, heard from I don't yeah. know. We're, we're going to have to uh, do, use some editing wizardry. But uh, it's okay. Chris, album of the year, what do you got for us? Okay, uh, for once I actually listened to a bunch of albums this year. So this was this was a hard decision, and I went with what was played the most on my Spotify playlist. So uh, nice. in uh, third place was Pup, which I thought was going to be way higher, but it wasn't. Yeah. In second place was actually The Weeknd, believe it or not. Nice. Don, oh, Donna. You, you called that out early in the year, too. It's a that great a, album. And that was a student recommendation. And I did it just to be nice, you know, when students are, well, you won't. But anyway, kids call out what they want to listen to and you just put it on in the background. Mm. And Don FM, I just, just, just clicked with. Uh, but it has to be uh, Adam Baldwin, um, Concertos and Serenades. Because that, as soon as that album dropped, I listened to it nonstop to the point where everyone in this house was annoyed with me. And my really? extended family was annoyed with me as well. So. I think it's so funny that Matt Mays was your album of the year last year, yeah. and then I was like, "Who's Adam Baldwin?" I looked him up, and he's a band member of Matt Mays. I did yes. not know that. Yes, he was. So, I was like, so I have a funny, and I, I have a funny story about that. If you want to hear another time, Chris embarrassed himself in front of a rock star. Of course, oh, yeah. I've got time for that. Always, yeah. always, always time for that. So between the time I embarrassed myself between the Born Ruffians and the Real Alberta Advantage, you know, the last like month and a half, but there we go. Um, so this is years ago. We're talking Arkell's High Noon Tour. Oh, nice. So me, me and Lee were living in Whitby and the Arkells were playing and we get blackout drunk. We skipped dinner to get the go train to make sure we get to the, the station, like the uh, venue on time. And we're drinking on the go train because that's what you do when you're young and, and excited for a concert. And we get there and this guy is playing acoustic guitar and just killing it. And anyway, after the show, there was a meet and greet with the Arkells, which I also embarrassed myself in front of. But that's another story. <laughs> so I'm in line. We need to do like a separate podcast just on Chris you being embarrassing an, yourself. <laughs> Chris being an asshole. Yeah. In, but anyway. <laughs> Because I get ner- Lee says I get nervous, and then my mouth just just starts going. Uh, and it, we're in line waiting to meet the Arkells, and um, the, he walks by. Adam Baldwin walks by, and I, I just like mm. tap him on the shoulder. And this is I'm, I want to say like 2014, 13, maybe. Tap him on the shoulder. It's like, hey man, you were amazing. I love that. Have you ever heard of Matt Mays? Because you and him should work together. No. Because you and him would fit like <laughs> fucking perfectly together. I'm like, you just put out Coyote, and I feel like if you and him work together, oh you would be superstars. And he's like, come on. I wrote half that album. And I was like, fuck. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Oh, his face, yeah. like, his face, like. He's like, come on, guy. Yeah, like, and he was super nice about respect. it. I'm not gonna lie. He stood and talked to me for like another five minutes. But That's I couldn't funny. even name like a single out. Like then I got flustered, right? Couldn't name a single song. I was like, twist the knife. And I started like talking about all this stuff. And he's just like, yeah, okay, man, have a good night. And just kind of like left. <laughs> Security. Yeah, right? And I was like, oh my God. And, uh, oh, Chris. And ever since then, I've like. Shout out to Adam Baldwin. Right? I'm, I apologize. I'm so sorry, Adam Baldwin. And I followed his career, but never really loved his individual stuff. And then he dropped this album. This album is really, it is really fucking good, amazing. Man. Wow, it's, it's what a storytelling. Yeah, yes, and that's what he said. So I did not a bunch, but I went through down a rabbit hole. You know, when you start liking something, you start looking into it. Yeah, and he, so uh, he was posting a bunch of where he got the stories from. Because at first I was like, mm. are these real stories? Are they fake? That's What's what I like? was wondering. So it's a real strong East Coast vibe. Yeah, eh? right. It is, and it's that storytelling. An acoustic guitar, real simple instrumentals, yeah. the violin or the um, 
fiddle kind of kicks in. Fiddle. Yeah, the yeah. fiddle kicks in at, at, at certain points. Uh, and very about like landmarks, super Canadiana, uh, mm. everything I kind of love. Blosier called it country. I still, I, I still argue it's I gotta, East Coast. It's. I got to jump in for Lozier here and say, Chris, you say you are not a country music fan, but your album of the year is 100%. It's folk country. Yeah, folk. Folk country. Again, I'm in. No, I changed my tune the second Willie Nelson. I like... Willie Nelson changed your life. Willie Nelson changed my life, but... Hey, this this is the beauty of this sort of stuff, right? Like, as music fans... This is why you're always open to new music mm-hmm. because you can always be surprised by something. Right? So, and again, it's, well, and it's not that out of place. I don't know why I thought I hated country. The rule Alberta Advantage are like half a oh, step. Half a step. They're right? awesome though. And I saw them live recently and they killed it again. And nice. they did like more of a twangy tune when they're live again. Are they going to they gonna come on the podcast? Did you uh, yes, hassle actually, them? Actually, I did hassle them. They, they did agree to... To do a podcast with me, I hustled them, the Born Ruffians, and uh, another band that is eluding me because I've seen so many bands this in the last like three you, weeks. You basically cornered them, and you wouldn't let them leave until they agreed. Uh hundred percent, and <laughs> until they signed the set list. Nice, yeah. Oh, uh, that's too good. Yeah, nice work, Chris. So, uh, Way to be. So hopefully, you have me awkwardly interviewing musicians coming up in the next twenty twenty three. Yeah, that'll be stay tuned. That'll be interesting. So, so what's go, what's your? Uh, I'll, I'll, sorry, I'll get to that. Yeah, the, go go on to this storytelling. The story. So, on if you go on his Instagram, he does a couple reels, and it's all hearsay. So nothing's true, but nothing's false. Is kind of what he goes with. So the right. one story about um, the uh, the main one, Causeway Road. So oh yeah, Causeway Road. It's all about because he went walking his dog on the beach and there's this beautiful boat just sitting on the side. And they went in town and talked to people and there's these all these myths and whatever about it. And so we just wrote a story based on like the myths. And then this yeah. old guy came and yelled at him in a bar one night and was just like, if you're going to do stories about things, you should do your research. He's like, that's just a barge. They used to carry garbage up and down the, the, like the causeway with or something. Right, so it's just like these, they're, they're stories, but they're just his, but they're ver- stories, they're, right? they're his <laughs> version of what happened. Nice. And, and who wants to hear a song about a garbage barge? Right? The, <laughs> Unless it's from a punk band, maybe. Yeah, maybe, right? And The Lighthouse <laughs> and Little Lorraine is about he, one of his good friends died, and the, the guy driving the hearse, um, it was really like awkward and quiet, and he started talking to the guy, and it, the guy driving the hearse was in the, from the same town as his dad, and then the guy was like, oh, yeah, when, like, my dad used to run this place, they used to run cocaine through this. So then the whole way, they just, like, he invented this story to make it, like, less yeah. awkward through, like, his friend's <laughs> funeral. So it was, That's so wild. it all has, like, right, it, it has, like, these little bits of truth mixed in with these kind of yeah. crazy stories. So it's definitely a long album. Lozier would probably tell yeah. you it's very long. Oh, man, like, I didn't feel that at all. I was see, like, I didn't either. Yeah, I didn't either because it's telling stories, but yeah. some of these songs are six minutes long, which is like... Yeah, um, I was fine with it. I, it, is a, it is a long album, but I don't think it, it's bloated. No, I, I thought it did its job. It's storytelling. It's that classic East Coast storytelling, mm-hmm. and I thought no yeah. one else did that this year, and that's why, that's why I picked it. There was other albums that I really enjoyed, and this one just stood out. I actually... Couldn't get it on vinyl. I haven't been able to get it, and I just put an order in today. I nice. Went to Looney, Looney Tunes, and uh, he nice. said it'll be here before Christmas. So. Oh, beautiful! It's actually. It's. I just looked it up. Yeah. Uh, it's actually not a long album. It's only thirty-five mm-hmm. minutes. But I think it's only but, eight songs. Yeah, one, two. Yeah, three. yeah. That's why maybe it does feel a bit long because it's. It's. It's only eight songs, songs but it's thirty-five mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah, I'd say the average is probably about five minutes, like four and a half, five mm. minutes a song. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a great pick. I honestly, I thought you were gonna. I thought for sure you were gonna go with Pup. That's um, what I thought too. Of it was my, I actually, I really love that album. I th- I'm a bit disappointed you didn't go with the chats. Um, again, that's my fault. I didn't dive in. If this was <laughs> like, I love that album. I I don't have it on vinyl, and I think that also hindered it. That I've been waiting. Mm. I've been waiting so long yeah. for it. Have you ordered it? Or are you just waiting I've for it to wa- come? It's, I ordered it six months ago, and they just keep oh, delaying the, the shipping. Oh, that, oh, that sucks. sucks. Um, Pup was my runner-up, and 
honestly, if this album didn't come out, it would have been Pup. But I think mm. I think Adam Baldwin deserves this just for the pure storytelling. Oh, he'll be he'll be so happy to hear that the guy who didn't even know that he was in Matt Mays' band <laughs> picked him as album of the year. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we're, we're, that will make his year. We're going to clip this and we're going to tag Let's him. Let's do a plaque. We're, Let's do a plaque for him. We're gonna, Chris Palumbo's album of the year. I'll send it to him, yeah. That'll be a hype sticker on the records. Oh. The, Winner, Chris Palumbo, album of the year. I should just make my own and then go around to record stores and everywhere I see it. You should it. just make one and just put it on your copy. I should, and then I'll, <laughs> tag, it, I'll tag it on. Done. I'll do it in let's crayon. Go, let's go with your track and then let's go with your vintage and contemporary vinyl purchase. All right. If I'm picking a song to get you into this album, it has to be Causeway Road. Yeah. It's just catchy. Yeah. It's just so catchy. So good. Good story. Um, so yeah. we bought a boat for my brother and his own tag too. Built the traps with my daddy like my daddy used to do Goddamn on the first day of fishing Not a mile from his home My brother took an ungodly load of water Every seam on the hull let go It was a dark and dirty big trail on the causeway road Listen to it. What about, I know you've actually bought a fair few records this year. Yep. You, you bought a bunch just before we recorded I this. Did, but uh, Matt, I'll what show you, you them what later. Have you got for I'm your, real excited. Nice. Uh, my Let's favorite vintage fiction? and contemporary. Uh, I'm going with an, another. They they're not actually considered their country, but this album I would call more of a country twang, and it's the Ozark Mountain Daredevils, their self-titled album. Oh yeah, it's nice. so good. It, I, again, I picked it up because I love the cover. The cover, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm buying this. I had their greatest hits, and then I picked this one up. There's a song on there called Chicken Train. Kills me. It's Dumbest song I've Funny. ever heard. And it's just like chicken train and then a twangy guitar. Just love it. So, <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Chris Country Palumbo. Right? So I dove in this year. I was, as soon as Lozier said that, I was like, oh, I know my, my album choice. And then uh, my favorite contemporary, I picked on what was on my wife's, me and my wife's turntable the most this year, which we spun constantly and it's still on there right now. Uh, and that's Harry Styles, Harry's House. Oh, yeah. Right. Do you know what? I think that would be on a lot of people's album of the year shortlist. Yeah, I've seen it come up a couple it's, times. It, it probably should be. It's pop to the, to the pop. And if I like it, everyone, it, there's a soft spot for everyone. I still got to check that a, out. It's a solid album. We, we were, um, it, yeah, we were uh, cleaning the house recently and we just had Spotify on our Bluetooth speakers. And... Uh, my wife had put a Harry Styles playlist on and I didn't realise it was all Harry Styles. He's got so much range. Isn't it crazy? And, yeah, he's he is very... I can understand why he's as popular as he is. He He's, you know, he can, he can hold a catchy tune. And imagine him and T-Swift teamed up. Imagine if him and Shania Twain... Team oh, Imagine they, all are they already dead? Did they? Oh, I didn't <laughs> all know. three of them. I'm all three of them. No, they did. Uh, Shania played on stage with Harry Styles at Coachella. Oh, you did say that. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Sorry, it's been it's a late night, boys. It's yeah, it's a Friday. Those, or, those Moscow Mules are going down too well over there. Hey, Chris. Tequila, tequila, what's that? Tequila smash. All oh, those are good. Sounds awful. They're just gross. All right, let's uh, let's hear from our last album nerd. Uh, Andy's album of the year. Hey there, guys. This is Andy from the Album Nerds podcast. I gotta apologize because I am still working on my year end list here, but I'm gonna give a shout out to an honorable mention here. Talking about the Canadian punk rock group White Lung. Put out their, I believe it's their fifth studio album entitled Premonition. Been really digging it. It's definitely an evolution in their sound from kind of the raucous, just furious quality they had in some of their previous releases that I was really digging. I think they've really kind of grown into their own sound here. And this record, I think, is a, a great culmination of those efforts. Um, unfortunately, it seems like it's going to be their last record, but I think it's a great way to go out. So check out Premonition by White Long. Chris, when he said a Canadian punk band, I thought it was pop. Yeah, I, I, thought, so I thought it was going to be pop. Too. I got so excited. So, so who's so who's White Lung? I haven't heard of them. No idea. 
Again, I have no idea. You're the punk guy. I thought he, or I thought he was going to say pew pew pew. Open bar. That's another punk album that was on my show. That's list. the Skater Gods. Yeah. Yeah. I sent you like yeah. some shitty skater punk music. Uh, that's. I think they. The song I sent like you was. Skeggs. It was. Uh, yeah. They going out drinking before going to the bar. I yeah. can't remember the the line, but it's great. It's classic. That's like the kind of Dune Rats, yes. Skeggs type of vibe. vibe yeah. yeah. It's the have fun. Punk, don't take yourself too seriously and grab yeah. a skateboard, nice. which we're too old for. The White Lung, hey, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going to check these guys out. He's saying it might be their last album, which is interesting. But uh, yeah, that's kind of sad. I'll tell you, three albums of the year that none of us had actually heard of. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Yeah, I, I'm interested to think of. Do we? Lozier. Do we we're do gonna, like can we a splice music and vinyl podcast? We are, we are not authorities. Just just in case anyone was wondering. Oh no, not at all. We're nothing. But uh, look. Um, our our French friend, Mr. Lozier, has uh, he's um, he's still pa- enjoying the Christmas cheer. Well, he's so passed out too much. To- we uh, look. We could probably guess what his. Uh, we know what he's. We I mean, know it's not he's hard. Been talking about it. He's been talking about nausea. it since it dropped. He yelled at us to all buy it. Which I know. I know. He he ordered me to buy it, and I did. Which I didn't um, do. But and let's, now I regret. Let's, but there we go. Let's chuck his. Uh, <laughs> Let's chuck his audio in here, and then we'll have a quick chat. Well, 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 I didn't make it. After, what, two years of recording, finally a groovy guy didn't make it to the recording session. For that, I apologize. I really wanted to make this episode. Unfortunately, I couldn't. I was tied up at a great work Christmas party for my wife. So, guys, I apologize for not being here, but... You know, thank you for giving me the opportunity to splice my audio in there because of, again, this is honestly one of the most exciting episodes that I find that we uh, that we did last year. Um, and so I was looking forward to it this year because, uh, you know, given that we were doing the podcast for a, a full year, um, I knew that everyone was really going to bring it today. So, um, yeah, here we go. Guys, here are my reviews from the albums that you guys picked. So Matt, push a T, it's almost dry. I mean, this totally went under the radar for me. Um, I was a little bit too busy uh, in terms of listening to hip hop. I was really into Kendrick's new album. I thought that album was really, really solid. Um, And you got me uh, to listen to uh, the game's new album. And that was really, really long. Like I found it took me probably 10 sittings for me to get through the whole thing. That was also a really good album, but didn't really spend a lot of time exploring hip hop. So when you actually told me to uh, or told us that this was your pick, um, yeah, this was phenomenal. I, I think you made a great point when you said that uh, they, the previous album you put out, they dubbed that his masterpiece. But um, this was just pure, excellent hip hop. I mean, it, the lyrics, the instrumentation, the beats. Uh, it was just great from start to finish. I'm really glad you picked that one. Now, Tom, that King Stingray album is something else. I mean, I, I don't really know what I was listening to. Um, I actually had no idea what to expect when I first started playing it, but there's some amazing sounds and some amazing music on that album. I think it's a bit chaotic at times, but uh, definitely getting me to explore them a bit more. So that's uh, that was a solid pick for sure. And Chris, uh, Chris, 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 Chris. Adam Baldwin, Concertos and Serenades, which you claim to be folk country. 100% disagree with you. I think we're going to have to have another debate about genres and how to apply them to music. But you've mentioned so many times that you hate country, yet you picked a country album. Solid album. A really good pick, by the way. So I'm not, I'm not shitting on the album at all because I thought it was really good. Uh, like you guys said, the, the, the lyrics in this are, are, are phenomenal. I mean, one can only wish that they could write music like that. But uh, I'm going to need you to retract your statement and admit that you love country. And I'm not talking about old country. I'm not talking about folk country. I'm talking about pop country. Chris, learn your genres. Okay. So with that said, now it's my turn. So wow, I 
Guys, you guys let me go a whole year talking about this album, and you never really stopped me to let me know that you guys weren't really big fans of it, um, which I'm not surprised because it's not it's not the easiest stuff to listen to. And, you know, for me, most of the reason why I really loved it was because of the hype behind it, right? I've been following... JD and, and Domi for three or four years now, listening to their stuff that they've been releasing, mostly on YouTube, live clips that, that, that surface every once in a while. And I guess I'm, I'm just so mesmerized by the virtuosity of their musicianship. Um, for me, I thought the album was very, very solid. In terms of, uh, of a good jazz album, I thought it was definitely up there. Um, these guys are got a couple Grammy noms, um, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where they're going um, in their careers. I hope that they they can come back with with what I would admit to be a, a, a more refined album. Because yeah, the first album I thought th- there was a bit of chaos, uh, definitely a bit of immaturity in terms of uh, how some of the songs finish, where some of the songs went. Um, but at its core, you know, for me, listening to jazz music is 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 the phrasing, it's the musicianship, it's how the music pieces together, even though there's so much chaos. So, looking forward to see what they came out with next. But had to, you know, since I talked about that album so much this year, I had to make sure that I gave a shout out to a late find, and this is courtesy of Tom, uh, because this is actually now heavy, heavy, heavy rotation for me. Um, So I'm going to have to go with J.B. Patterson as a shout out uh, with Springtime is Coming because what an album that is. For me, for the listeners, you guys have heard me talk a lot about singer-songwriters. This is just pure singer-songwriter brilliance. It's crazy to me that this guy is not more well-known out there. I believe he's from Brisbane. People, give this guy a listen. He deserves every bit of your attention the guitar playing is so high level, just really good bluegrass, country, folk. You know, this he's giving me Neil Young, he's giving me Simon and Garfunkel, Cat Stevens, just, and the album is, is a stunner from start to finish. I don't think there are any gaps in there. There's no skips. This is a put it on and you finish the whole thing kind of vibe. So please, everybody, give this guy a listen. He definitely deserves it. Now with that, uh, my contemporary and vintage picks uh, of what I found this year digging, you know, I will admit this year was not a great year for me to find albums. I felt like in 2021, I just, uh, I had reinvigorated my passion for, for digging and I bought so many albums last year. Uh, maybe not quite as many as uh, Matt, because we know Matt's the uh, vinyl god, but uh, I had bought so many last year that this going into this year, I didn't really feel like I, I, I didn't have that itch to like constantly go out and, and seek records. So I'm really being a little bit more selective about what I buy, but I definitely bought a lot more contemporary this year um, over vintage. Um, but uh, the contemporary pick for me is this little known uh, band called Reservoir from Sh- the Chicago area. And they put out an album called Reservoir. I think I've mentioned them before on the podcast. But uh, that album, I thought, was just really, really good. It's a, it's a large ensemble, very orchestral. It's, uh, it's instrumental jazz. It's very modern. A lot of really new sounds. I think it's very accessible. I mean, a lot of people that I've shown this to, they haven't really had any issue listening to it, which I know jazz can be a bit uh, intimidating to listen to at times. Um, but... I think everyone's got to go check them out uh, if you're looking for a good instrumental album. Um, so that was my contemporary pick. And vintage picks, um, I had two uh, great uh, finds. I finally found Exile on Main Street uh, for a good price. and uh, But uh, kind of uh, you know, a surprise, I went antiquing you know, about a month and a half ago. And antiquing usually doesn't hit for me when I go, uh, when I go digging. But this place happened to have this huge, dark, dusty, dingy basement that was just filled with records. Nothing was sorted. A lot of really low quality stuff. 
And I just thought to myself, hey, there's no way I'm going to find anything good here. There's just no way I'm going to find, I'm going to, and there's no way I'm going to be able to go through every single record. So I'm just going to have to hit a spot, start flipping through and see if I find anything. Lo and behold, I have finally found a copy of Live at Folsom Prison and Live at San Quentin. Johnny Cash rounds out my Johnny Cash discography, so I was really stoked to find that. So that wraps it up for me, guys. That's my year in review. Hope you guys liked it. Really want to thank the Groovy guys. I want to thank the Album Nerds for featuring us on their podcast. I want to thank the listeners. Off to you guys. Oh, no way, Dan. You really oh, picked that? Wow. Oh, wow, wow Shocker. Dan. Oh, wow. likes Domi and JD Beck. Who? I don't I think you've no ever idea. mentioned them before. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. Even I'm not surprised by that one. I, I got to be honest. I've tried really hard to like this album. And you don't? And to like, I just, I appreciate their musicianship and their skill and I can watch them play live and admire what they're doing, mm-hmm. but I I could not get into this album. I can't do and this. I'm, I'm really sorry, Dan. I'm sorry, Dan. I tried so hard. Me too. I can't. I love the songs where there's no vocals or anything. The second people start singing, I don't get it. Uh, I don't know if I like vocal jazz. I think I've said that yeah. before. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. Um, oh. But I like I, I want so badly to like it because... You're like, these guys are pushing boundaries. You know that they're doing something really noteworthy and they're kind of forging new ground in contemporary jazz. But yeah, I just, maybe it is. Maybe it's the lyrical side, the vocal side that I couldn't get into. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree. Uh, I don't know. Matt, what are you, what's going on? I liked about half this album, but I, I'm I'm kind of right there with you guys. I... At first, I was like, "Oh, you know what? I can get into this." But the, the more I listened to it, I was just like, "Ugh, not sure how I feel." Like I said, half of it I really enjoyed. Um, it was more like the slower tunes. Like I really liked, um, you know, stuff with Anderson Pack. Um, the one with Snoop Dogg and Busta really enjoyed those. Um, but overall, as a body of work, I don't know if I enjoyed the full album the way I, th- I was hoping to anyways. Uh, and I've listened to this about three, four times now. Um, mm. But I keep feeling the same way. I, and I think part of it has to do, it just sounds a little too modern and a little too, I, I hate to say this, and it's, like it's, it's trying to be too much. You know what I mean? I think, yeah, contrived is probably. Yeah, thank you. Like okay. it's, yeah. you know, but I, I, I feel like, I felt the same way, but I was like, oh, it's just, it's just me. I just can't, I can't get into it. So I feel like it's over intellectualized or something, but I, I can really appreciate their skill. 100%. Oh, yeah. I think they're incredible, they're incredible. musicians. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like really, really good. What I, like, I really do hope they go on to have like a really big and su- successful career. I hope these guys don't just come up with the on one album and they're popular for a short time. And, you know, kind of fade away i really do hope they do well um because they are incredible musicians yeah it's just it i don't know sometimes i think i said this to um rob dimery the thousand one albums guy with kind of blue it's you know that it's incredible musicians musicianship and you know that it's incredibly complicated but it's really accessible Mm -hmm. and that's why it was such a successful album yeah with some jazz, I find it to not be as accessible. And it's a little I, too know, busy, I kind right? Of feel like it feels like homework. Like yeah. I'm having to really concentrate really hard to follow it and understand it. Yeah, it's busy, or it's you know, it's just it's all I don't over. Know, it's it's it feels it feels like a really complex album. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got a copy of it, so okay. you know, well, good maybe. For you. I'm gonna hang on to it. I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't get yeah, rid of it. Maybe, maybe it will. Maybe one day it'll it'll stick. So maybe it grows on a sore playlist. Yeah. My first that playlist listen, is very eclectic. My first listen, I hated like instantly hated. I was like, I can't. Oh, wow. Every song? I can't do this. Every song. Could, really? I skipped. Like, and I was sorry, trying. Dan. Sorry, Dan. I, and I kept. My second listen, I got a little more into it, and then about fifth and sixth listen, I was like, okay, I get it. 
I, and I'm with Matt. I love. But it feels like work. Yes, it that, does. That, it does feel, a little bit. Yeah. But, Do you know what? Though? I was the same favorite, with Taylor Swift. Yeah, but some of I was my favorite the albums felt like album. work, and now they're yeah. like my favorite albums. Um, but so uh, you do like it? I don't know. I'm on the fence. I'm with Matt. I like half the songs, and you have yeah. to be in this specific mood in order to like mm. it. Except for one song, uh, "What Up." Yeah, I feel like whenever that song comes on, uh, instant I, I let that one finish. Yeah, I love that. But song. every other song, it's like uh, I, something. Something has to be right. The mood has to be right. The light has to be right. The it's not a driving. Saw like album. I couldn't listen to this one in the car. And it I'm crushed like, the car. Not at yeah, all. Like, this it is... felt too. It it felt like I was sitting in traffic, and I was yeah. like, "No, I can't. Like, <laughs> I can't do that. I need, a, like I need a, a story about a guy who blows up his legs. Like, I need something." It's like the start of the um, Dave Brubeck quartet. That one they use in Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Yes. It's just like. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I couldn't. Look, I get it. I, I would like to see these guys live. Me too. I, think, oh, yeah, I feel these, like I would think see them live for sure. Would be incredible. Yeah. I feel yeah. like we missed out. Right. On, I feel like Matt, we, me and you missed out on that. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably should have because I feel like this is a live band. This is a a nice, like, seated, dark blue lights. Yeah. Like, you know, one of those really nice venues. Um. Sections and if they come, if they come back, where I'm going, yeah, 100%. I would definitely go see them live. Yeah, and yeah, I would probably walk away from that and be like, "This was incredible! I can't believe I felt any way." Well, yeah. Sorry, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think that's important to note. It's and maybe Lozier see something we don't in like recordings. Um, unfortunately, he's too busy eating Christmas pudding yeah. to <laughs> defend himself. So to have to defend himself. So oh, thank God. Sorry, Dan. So uh, we'll we'll see you in 2023. Yeah, you're shit, bud. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Chris has Chris has had a couple drinks. Uh, only. Uh, all right. We got anything else? Is that a wrap on 2022? The second year of the pod. Unbelievable. Exciting. 23, 24 episodes. Hey, we're gonna be bigger and better in 2023. We've got. Introduce yourself. We've already got a bunch of awesome guests lined up for Introduce Yourself. We're going to have our topic episodes back, and we're going to be bringing something a little different. Lozier's got a trivia for us at some point, hopefully maybe around our anniversary, and we're going to be doing a super group challenge. We're going to try and form the ultimate super group by the end of the season. So plenty more awesome content coming your way in 2023. Be sure to like and subscribe. Hit us up at Create Expectations Pod on Instagram, createexpectationspod at gmail.com. Send us through what music you're listening to over the holidays. Hope everyone has a great break. Till next time, keep digging and spinning. The Groovy Guys are Tom Kennedy, Dan Lozier, Chris Palumbo, and Matt Carvalho. With your host, Tom Kennedy. Music by Dan Lozier. Post-production by Matt and album art by Chris. Chris.